Good evening, afternoon, night, morning, whenever you find a way to watch or listen to this. It's Omar back from Hardware. Uh, Jackson and I will hop on later this week at some time to be determined, but man, life has been busy, so we're just trying our best to truck along, provide a preview at any date, whether it's earlier in the week or later in the week. We're just trying to provide it out because life has been busy. But for now, it's a day off, Canadian Thanksgiving, Columbus Day weekend, Indigenous People's Day, whatever you want to call this day. I have the day off, and I'm here and blessed to record with my friend, uh, Dwayne from the Yard HBCU Sports. Uh, Dwayne, thanks for coming on again. Man, thanks for having me, Omar. And oddly enough, yes, I am highly familiar with all of those holidays falling on this Monday in October. The only reason why, of course, is that my birthday is close by. So I try to use it as I used to use it as an excuse to try to not go to school growing up. Never worked. But, uh, you know, I tried. Why not? Yeah, I just I just call it referred to as a day off, um, a day off given to me by. By, by the government, but um, also as a Leif Erikson guy, I, I choose to use this time to talk about Leif Erikson in terms of exploration. So uh, what, whatever whatever side of the coin, whatever holiday you celebrate today, I'm glad you're watching this after the fact when I want to put it on YouTube. But just a couple topics, uh, hot topics in, uh, in HBCU sports and black college football that uh, we're going to talk about today. Uh, a little bit late to the party, but uh, with our first topic, we have the Florida Beach Bowl was announced and I, I know as a lover of bowl games uh this is like honestly like mid-september as a lover of bowl games uh the more the merrier the more classics the merrier but this is just great that the, that division two the, the conferences the SEAC and the ciaa will have a bowl game to uh to aspire for. well i guess aspire is not the right word because i mean i do i do have some questions um i guess about the tie-in but there's a division two hbcu bowl game in in early well mid-december-ish uh, December 13th this year on a weeknight um, at the home of one of the Miami, um, one of the Miami MLS clubs, um, DRV Pink Stadium. Until Miami. Is there two? Are there two uh, Miami clubs in MLS? Wow, I believe it is. It is. There are two. This is Intel Miami. This is the one where um, Ronaldo plays about, not Ronaldo, but uh, Messi plays. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I I don't watch yeah I don't watch the other type of football that much so, um yeah my 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 information on that's really showing right now but at um uh, into Miami's home stadium uh I think it's a twenty five twenty to twenty five thousand seat stadium but I'm excited for this Dwayne uh what are what are your thoughts I also wanted to ask too is this is this a Champions Bowl or is this whoever did did not make the playoffs from both conferences participating in this game. I'll get to that in just a minute, but I have to address this. Since we are talking about dates. Um, if you could probably guess by my attire, yes, I am wearing Alabama State stuff. Um, if you've watched me on this show before or any other platform, you know that I really enjoy two things. One, sports. Two, trolling. And for those that are especially within the SWAC, you know that this week, actually last week, was a, the one-year anniversary of one of the most infamous quotes from 2022, who is SWAC? So, with Jackson State and Alabama State playing this upcoming weekend, of course, it's come up as a topic of conversation. Oddly enough, last year it was Alabama State's homecoming. This year it's JSU's homecoming, and they're welcoming the the uh, the, the Hornets there this weekend. And of course, that came up in conversation during the coaches' conference uh, call today. And um, as much as I got tired of hearing of it, I still love it because it's still funny to me. Um, but to answer your question. First and foremost, um, yes, the Florida Beach Bowl, which will take place at the Dry Think Stadium, which is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 21,000 State Stadium, 
um, yeah, taking place the Wednesday before the Celebration Bowl. So for those of us in the media, either we make a choice on which one we're going to go to, or we try to do a double city, double dip that entire week. Go that Wednesday. I've already thought this through of what my potential trip plans would be. Um, but do that game Wednesday and then be in Atlanta for Saturday for if you want to make it to both games. But I just find it interesting, the timing of that game, not only because of the fact that it's in the middle of the week, but because it's so close to the Celebration Bowl. And you want to try to get as much Black or HBCU media there as possible um, to cover this game. And, you know, Celebration Bowl has been something that's been entrenched in HBCU culture since 2014, 2015. And I try, I find it weird whenever, whenever other HBCU events try to hold things around it because it's like our Super Bowl. But to answer your question, um, yes, uh, I had to ask as well to, to get more clarification. And the answer that I received was that it will be between, of course, um, members from the SEAC and the SWAC. The question of whether or not it'll be the champions, though, will be answered on how deep the champions go into the D2 playoffs. So if it's a situation where, you know, they have enough time, I guess, uh, if they're eliminated early enough to participate in this bowl game, they will. If not, what they'll do is probably end up sending the next highest representative to be a participant, which I believe would be a problem if you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to get the fan bases there, because it'll almost be like a last minute announcement um, unless they get eliminated early on who's going to go, right? So, um, yeah, uh, you know, the, the, the concept of the game, I, I, I love it. I'm here for it because I would love to see um, – as many uh, intra-conference HBCU matchups as possible. I love those. Most definitely love those. And to have a bowl game out of it as well, most definitely would love to see that too. But um, again, that, that's, the I guess, the biggest thing in my opinion is that I scratch my head on, on when they're going to do it. But, um, you know, it's still cool nonetheless in, in my eyes. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing, I guess, that uh... – the both conferences are, are, I guess, for lack of a better term, are you know trying to have their cake and eat it too with the playoffs and the um and, and the Florida Beach Bowl, which like the first thing that came to mind, like just to confirm, like when you said that, I had to look up the uh, nineteen seventy eight Florida A and M team that won both the Orange Blossom Classic and the uh, Division One AA now FCS title. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty I guess interesting that they're trying to do that honestly. But I guess the question for me that comes from that is um. No, like, uh, I guess being around the HBCU media for like a long time, Dwayne, like, was a lack of buy-in kind of the downfall of the Pioneer Bowl? Because I, I can kind of see a lack of buy-in being an issue with this this format. And I think it's interesting, too, like, the reason where it wasn't clear to me is, like, I looked on the website and, like, the language was pretty veiled. Like, two two deserving six-win teams. And it's like, that that could mean anything. So, I mean, that that's not, that's not giving me a warm and fuzzy feel. So I want to know your thoughts on like whether this can create like a lack of buy-in, whether that was a problem with the Pioneer Bowl. Um, you know what? To to be truthful with you, Omar, as familiar as uh I am with the, with the Pioneer Bowl, I am not familiar for why it, it it's no longer in existence. But my guess is that could be that the case, right? Um, and also like you, I thought it was weird that um. 
you know, there, there wasn't any clarity. Well, not, not clarity. I shouldn't say that because it's, it's clear what the situation is going to be. But we don't know in advance who the exact participants in this bowl game are going to be. Um, now, to, to give you a little inside baseball for, for you and our, our viewers here, um, you know, they made sure the Florida, the, the organizers of the Florida Beach Bowl made sure to reach out to me as media to um, help them advertise the game, which I will. Um, and of course I was there for their press conference. Um, and there were some technical issues there during the press conference, unfortunately, but during the time, you know, I, I have a feeling that there will be some information that I would have missed during the spots where we, none of the media could actually hear um, for the first part of the press conference. But um one of the biggest questions, of course, was the one you just asked. Um, who will who would be the participants? And it did take them a little bit to get back in contact with me. And then when I when they finally did, you know, it 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 was exactly what they sent out in in um their media releases in terms of a deserving member of both conferences, which is of course would be you know I guess the highest ranked teams that are still available to play um during that weekend. Um, again, it goes back to, you know, how early will we know whether or not these teams will play? I, I, I was hoping that it would be like a date set maybe in, cause it's still maybe like the last weekend in November, because I'm trying to give it like a same timeline. Um, in comparison to say like the celebration bowl and how long say like the SWAT teams know when they're going to go to the celebration bowl. So that's like a, a two week notice for them. Um, maybe even three, if you, if you factor in the fact that your team will be going to the SWAT championship game and you're figuring at that point, whether or not you're going to go, if your team goes or if your team wins or that they don't win. Same thing should be done, in my opinion, with the Florida Beach Bowl, is that there should be some sort of lead-in so that the fans can, can decide whether or not they want to attend this game or not. And, and those fan bases will have an idea of whether or not they want to travel to um, to Miami or technically Fort Lauderdale in this aspect um, a week or two before Christmas. So, yeah, that's 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 my, my biggest hang-up. Well, sec uh, yeah, no, second biggest hang, hang up with this. The first, of course, is closest in proximity to the Celebration Bowl. Because that was the whole thing with the, with the creation of the Celebration Bowl was to make it kind of like an HBCU homecoming for all HBCUs to come, not just the participants in the game, but have it as a situation so that all football fans from the HBCUs can come together to do this. Um, and, and this is going to be a way, again, that's going to end up splitting the fans and the media and all of this stuff. And, yeah, I'm not saying not to have this game. I just wish, again, that they would do it at another time. Yeah, I definitely do agree. And I think um, – so my mindset seeing the date, like, I, I was kind of, you know, iffy on, on how I thought. You know, middle of the week, like, there won't be much competition because that's before bowl season, of course. Uh, but also on the, other, on the other side, like a lot of events like this have the real estate of Army Navy Week, you know, to 
to work with where there's not much nationally televised football. You have, you know, the FCS playoff games and um, Army Navy, and that's it. Where like a network, you know, that's not conflicted network or streaming service, in this case, HBCU Plus, you know, could potentially uh, get some viewers, some significant viewership due to a uh, much less saturated slate. But after hearing just everything that we talked about with, um, you know, the potential of team playing in the playoffs in this bowl game, I understand now. Um, I just, I just kind of, I just kind of wish that, you know, maybe they, I guess, kind of got more buy-in and um, from the champions and really made this an event. So kind of like the, the Saturday before they, the celebration bowl, you have Florida beach bowl, then you have the celebration bowl the week after, or almost like you add on the SWAC championship on December 2nd. That's like three weeks of the three most important black college football games um, in, you know, in, in the country at that time. So I think that's kind of a missed opportunity there. I think something as well, though, with this format that I do enjoy with the whole deserving teams thing, I, I love parody. I love seeing new teams like, you know, get into bowl games and everything, which is why, like, you know, the, you know, Jackson State's runs the past couple of years were great because they weren't a player really in the, uh, shoot, the Heritage Bowls back in the 90s. Just, you know, looking at the Wikipedia page, same thing with like South Carolina, South Carolina State. They hadn't appeared in the bowl since like the 70s. So I would love to see, frankly, like, you know, uh, if, if the champions opt for the division two playoffs or there's an at-large situation between um, one of the other division champions and the CI, maybe like a six and five Lincoln sneaks in and plays, you know, a six and five Kentucky state. You know, I, I, I would love that. I love parody. And my question would be, would the organizers of the game love it? If it's Probably like Kentucky <laughs> state and, and Lincoln, Pennsylvania, no shade on, on either program. But um, my guess is that they will probably like to see um, fan bases that that travel. And, and again, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, making any disparaging remarks about either program because they could go ahead and surprise me and show me that they will travel for this game. Um, but off the top of my head, I really am not sure. I, I, I'm, I'm not. But, you know, again, Fort Lauderdale in December, Probably be comfortable. Probably will be comfortable weather. Might not be opposed to going to do so. You know, right before uh, Christmas. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I mean, it, it's not shade. I mean, on this podcast, I like to call it bulletin board material. Uh, you know, I think a few weeks ago I challenged Delaware's administration to just rethink rethink the way they were framing things about uh, talking about talking about inferior institutions in the CAA. I mean, uh, talking about like the Route One robbery and all that. So it was bulletin board material, not exactly disparaging or anything so just i just want to reassure you this is common wait a minute no, material. just to just to veer off the the hbcu conversation because of course now you're talking about delaware who is a member of the the caa with my aggies did they was that a comment that was made as they were exiting the conference well it's like it was it's kind of confusing because i think i saw sources say that that was one of the reasons that delaware was looking elsewhere where i think bryant was like the last straw but it could be a thing where, um, I guess, where the journalist mentioned schools that were added while, like, the comment wasn't directed towards any particular school. Like, I saw I saw in the article, like, they they mentioned, like, oh, recent additions to CA include Campbell, Hampton, and Bryant. So I don't think it was directed at, at, at any one school, but it just wasn't the best look, which is what, uh you know, I talked about in the podcast with my friend where it's like, hey, like, you guys avoided Delaware State for years, like, the, the tone deafness of the statement is is remarkable. Um, yeah. But 
So that that that's just that. I I know I know you're about to get heated. To, you know if they're talking about the Aggies because <laughs> I know biggest HBCU in America. And it's like if you want enrollment, like NCA and T's got it. I mean, um, isn't that? I mean, that's that's what that's half. I think when it comes to FCS realignment, like enrollment is you know a really huge part. So I I don't think anything was directed towards the Aggies. Long story short. Oh, no, that's not what I was worried about. Oh, okay. And oddly enough, you know, we did discuss this before the show in terms of tangents that we might make. And this, I guess this will be it. Um, <laughs> I, like you, am most definitely questioning the move from North Carolina A&T to the CAA. Um, I, don't, I don't care how early you're questioning these things. because I saw that those were remarks that were made towards you um, about it. Because mm, since your, 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 your article about the move, um, I haven't seen much that's changed, and I don't know if much will change over the next a um, uh, 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 few games, let alone this entire season. And I understand that going in for year one shouldn't be the the benchmark for making that assessment. But my God, things don't look well, and I don't know from what I'm hearing in terms of rumblings um, of, of what could happen in the future. I don't know if anything's going to change, but that's a whole other podcast for another time because I know I can talk about that for a very long time. But, um, yeah, my, my, my concern was for all of the additional members. Oddly enough, with Hampton wanting to be in the CAA for years and, and being rejected and then finally getting the opportunity because the CAA had slots and needed to fill holes, and some believe that that might have been a, a late addition, not a late addition, but addition um, because of subtraction. Same thing with the other schools of of a and T Campbell and um and 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 Bryant, but it's also interesting, you know, because of who those schools are. Half of them being um HBCUs and the other, like, well, if you want to include A and T as well, being carryovers from the Big South. You know, it, it, that that statement could go either way. Could that be disparaging towards HBCUs? Could that be disparaging towards the members, the former members of the Big South? Or could it just be a blanket statement for everybody? Who knows? But I just find it odd that that statement was made. And, um, yeah, I was just trying to figure out exactly who that could have been directed towards. And you're just making it seem like it was just a drive-by where everybody got hit. I think so. Yeah, I think it was a drive-by. Where it's like, it could be one of those <laughs> things where it's like something I, always, I still laugh about and I'm like about to start laughing thinking about was uh, the, the infamous uh, Tom Brady quote. You're sticking with that mother effort where, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick came out of the woodwork and claimed to be the mother effer. And then, uh, you know, people were saying, oh, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. No, it's Derek Carr. So it could, it could be that type of thing where it's like, I'm about to crack up laughing about it just because um, it, it's a funny clip in itself. But then, like, the whole drama of, like, yeah, I'm the guy Tom Brady's talking about as being, like, this bad quarterback, you know. <laughs> so, uh, long story short. Not very seriously, any of those institutions will come out and say that they're that school. I doubt it. I very yeah. much so doubt it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess uh, going going on like the final uh, final topic, I'm about to laugh tears just like thinking about the the whole MF thing with Tom Brady. But uh, network. So network. Uh, I think for me, I know I know uh, HBCU Plus does a great job. Um, probably better than a lot of the other broadcast partners that. Uh, I know someone remarked that like like I think it was like the Alcorn State Grambling game looked like a game from the 80s. And then I was watching A&T Nova. I was watching, thankfully, A&T Nova was the free flow sports game on YouTube. And I was watching it and I'm like, I, I, I'm like, it, it's not, it's not bad, but 
you know, it could, it could, it could be better, but I, I think for me, um, in my big pie in the sky vision, I would love to see the CW get involved with a bowl game of some sort, whether it be division two or whatnot, because I think their production's nice from what I've seen so far from their ACC games. And um, they don't have any bowl games as well. And I mean, you can, I, I do think that there would be strong viewership on a Wednesday night um, for a college football game on a, a network carried by a hundred percent of, um of really households really. So I, I just want to know your thoughts on the broadcast partner for the uh, Florida beach bowl. No, I completely am in agreement with you on that. Um, you know, to go ahead and have a, a linear partner like a CW would be wonderful for them to do so. I also wouldn't be opposed to it being an HBCU Plus either. Um, I'm I'm right there or HBCU Go even. So you know, I, I'm I'm I would love to see what direction they attempt to go through. I know that they said they have a partner. I can't remember who that partner is, and forgive me, Omar, for not doing so. I know someone who's watching this show that knows will most definitely put it in the comments. Please do, and thank you. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I know that that's the aim for them, but if they were to go um, with, with network television, CW most definitely, in my opinion, would be a wonderful option where you're not necessarily have to pan, have to go at, say, like a, a larger network um, with a, a Division two product. Again, it's not saying that D2 product is not good, but let's be realistic, and NBC is not going to air a Division II um, matchup. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, if anything, it would be on CNBC, which is still, I mean, a pretty good, I guess if NBC was broadcasting, it would still be a pretty good destination being on basic cable. Just the promotive, mm-hmm. the promotional juices could be better with NBC with a lot of these matchups, uh, especially like uh, this year with the, uh, the HBCU NY Classic, which honestly, I the only promotion I saw of it was a couple lines in a press release and no one really reads press releases anymore. Like, let, let's be honest with ourselves, um, sadly. But yeah, I think the CW would be a great partner. HBCU, HBCU Go is great, which I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did HBCU Go have the Aggie Eagle Classic this year? Ooh, now you're going to ask me if I watched that game as an Aggie. You're oh. <laughs> about to embarrass me like that on, on the TV. My God, because I didn't watch. Um, But I don't I don't believe they did. It was ESPN. It was ESPN that happened. Okay. Yeah, because I saw something in my NTNT article. Someone, uh, an Aggie fan, mentioned that. that Wait a minute, no crazy. correction, correction. It wasn't um, ESPN. It was it was Flow Sports because it was a CAA game. So yeah, it was on Flow Sports. Okay, yeah, because um, an Aggie fan mentioned that lo- a bunch of local stations carried that. So I wasn't sure if it was HBCU Go or not. Um, it's the deal that ANT has. I forget what the um, the 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 network is, but it was most definitely done locally in the North Carolina area. And uh, if my memory was correct, I believe there were certain cities throughout the country that also carried that game too. Um, but I didn't hear of it until after um, or after the uh, the game was played. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, I, I don't remember who the, um, the deal is with off the top of my head, but I do remember seeing that. And it was a situation where ANT had somewhere between three and four of the games that would air on that network um, regionally. Um, actually, it made it seem as though that the game would also air in, in, in cities like Los Angeles as well. So, yeah, I and mean, my guess is that they were all um, non-conference matchups. And if that was the case, then 
yeah, it would most definitely be that ANC Central game. That's one of them. Yeah, I mean, um, on that note, like the CAA, the CATV deal um, gets a lot of garbage from uh, Flow Sports, which there are its downsides, but I will say its ability to partner with local TV linear partners is really great. I mean, it's really great for those local fan bases and, you know, the C, I mean, that's where you want to be as FCS league. You want to be a solid regional league, which I mean, I think for that alone, the schools that do take advantage of that, like I'm going to write something about Maine doing that this week, like Maine. NCA and T, I think they're the ones that get the most juice out of the squeeze out of that TV deal on a on a brief um tangent. But uh just talking about the CW stuff, I think that's a good segue for our next topic, which was the which the CW was the original broadcast partner of the Cincinnati or not original, the proposed broadcast partner of the Cincinnati Chili Bowl, which quietly um quietly was taken out back like old yeller and um the dream was shot down for another year. Um but that being said. Uh, I think it would be great, you know, for uh, I think the CW just wants TV inventory because you look at the Cincinnati Chili Bowl. I don't see the Big Ten or any Power Five conference partnering with that, but with a bowl game in a twenty thousand seat stadium in Cincinnati, um, that would be more like the MAC or the Conference USA. So I mean, I just I can see the CW wanting TV inventory, but going on to the Cincinnati Chili Bowl, unless you have anything final to add, Dwayne. Oh no, no, okay. I'm fine. <laughs> And going on to the Cincinnati I was about to chili say I'm, I'm licking my chops over this chili bowl thing, but you know that's of course a uh, food reference that I'm going to stay away from. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's making me hungry too. Just talking about it, but um, but going on the Cincinnati Chili Bowl, I, I I wrote something last week about how if the Cincinnati Chili Bowl really wanted to get involved and do something for um, well, I guess host an event and something that would benefit the local community and the student athletes, they would look to the FCS and potentially even HBCU Classic. So I want to know your initial thoughts on a potential HBCU Classic, because we have seen um, cities that aren't as, to, I guess the casual fans, aren't as natural a fit for HBCU Classics. I mean, the Circle City Classic has been long running. It came back this year. The Classic for Columbus is another one that comes to mind, uh, even though that one's been dormant, but we'll talk about that one later. But uh, I want to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, those those matchups are rather well. Those those games are rather interesting. Um, to have a, a HBCU matchup in cities or in states where there aren't well, there are very few, if any. You know, you talked about uh, Circle City, which is of course in Indianapolis, where there aren't any HBCUs. Then you talk about um, the potential of the Cincinnati with the Cincy, uh, 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 Chili Bowl, and 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 then of course you know. The, the, the other contest you just talked about as well, in Ohio, where there's only uh, a central state, it's interesting to try to pull fans um, to those games. I don't necessarily see those uh, as being um, a situation where it, no, it's a no-win situation with the promoters. I truly believe that you get if you get the right programs there and um, if you actually have the revenue to do so, that it's something, and, and also you pick the right venue, that these are things that most definitely could be carried off. Um, but the, the state of Ohio has most definitely been known as a place where they've attempted to do, excuse me, excuse me, HBCU classics before in the past. Um, just doing some quick research. Uh, the, there was a Midwest classic, the Dayton classic, um, the Riverfront and the Cleveland classics, which ended up merging, becoming the Ohio classic. Um, and then, of course, we have the current um, 
Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic, which happens in, in Canton. Um, so I, I could see that game working, and I know the organizers of the Ohio State, well, not the Ohio State, I'm sorry, the Ohio Classic, um, believe that it can too. And they also list their factors on why that game was a failure in the past. Um, and I completely agree with them. Of course, the biggest thing or the overarching thing, of course, is money. And one of the issues they had, especially with the final participants that they wanted to have within that classic, was that um, those two programs, and I believe it was was it Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman, ended up getting uh, guarantee games or um, uh, 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 money games from both Ohio State and Nebraska, respectively. So they ended up, of course, getting more money from those games than they would have to participate in that classic. Another thing, of course, was cost of fuel and having those uh, teams travel from Florida to Ohio would have been astronomical. Um, and then, of course, number three, the cost of advertising and, and the loss of advertising that they ended up having with uh, companies having other streams of advertising and decided that it probably would be more cost effective to go there than to advertise with that game at the time. Um, they decided to do that. Now, if you were to have smaller institutions from closer, um, well, not smaller, yeah, if you would have smaller institutions that are closer to um, the greater city of, of, of Cincinnati, I think it would work in, in a smaller stadium. Because that was the other thing that they had issued too, by having those games in the stadiums where both the Browns and the Bengals play wasn't cost prohibitive. So if you were to have it in a smaller stadium, um, What's that with the stadium where uh, 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 Cincinnati FC, is that what the name of the team is? Yes, that, that's the team. Yeah, so if you would have it at, at, at their stadium, it most definitely would, in my opinion, would have been um, or will be a, a spot where that would work. And if you were to invite schools from the surrounding areas, of course, um, a, 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 a mm, central state, wow, it was on the tip of my tongue and I just couldn't get it out like a central state, Kentucky state, um, maybe even a Lincoln in Pennsylvania, Lincoln, Missouri, um, West Virginia state, maybe even, right? Um, or maybe just outside of that, that, that realm, which is still close enough, say like a Howard, a Morgan state, which two teams that have most definitely played in that region before. Um, maybe even if you want to stick to just D2, because I know that that might be a, a way for them to really get this off but maybe like a Bowie State, Virginia Union, which is also, also played in Ohio too, maybe even a Virginia State. Um, if you were to get those programs or if you want to get lofty with it and reach out to say like a Morehouse or a Grambling for that game too, I think those will most definitely be the programs that you want to attach to with this game. Um, but the problem is, of course, when you're, you're, you're talking about um, – attempting to get FBS programs. A lot of those teams already have classes that they play in early in the year. Um, I know that reaching out to FCS programs in the past was an issue because of all of the money games that they participate in. I don't think that that's going to be that much of a thing as these FBS programs look to curtail that in the future, because of course they want to participate in their own playoffs too. And playing against these smaller programs will hurt their um, strength of schedule. Um, so, and, and then of course, 
these FCS programs are going to want a certain amount of money if they participate because, of course, they have costs that they have to take care of. But, yeah, if, if you can most definitely focus, all, let's say all that said, if you were to focus on D2 programs and D2 programs which are close to Cincinnati, I truly believe that that game would work in a smaller stadium. Yeah, I definitely I, I agree with you as well. I mean, just the usual problems like logistics, distance, costs and everything. They definitely do come to mind. Um, But yeah, like a lot of like you said, a lot of smaller HBCUs are in the area, West Virginia State, Central State, Kentucky State. And I feel like the thing that uh, that kind of hurt the Circle City Classic for a long time was overuse of these teams where it's like uh, overuse of Central State and Kentucky State, where I feel like Central State, Kentucky State was at the matchup for like four or five years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, where if, if you, uh, it almost feels like if you can rotate the teams around, uh, classics in the area, like they all work together. Um, you just plan them on different dates and whatnot. So it's like not direct competition. Uh, something else that, um, I just, like I, I thought about is, um, having this game in week zero, which I wonder why a lot of these, uh, you, a lot of these classics don't use these neutral site classics don't use week zero or use windows like that to uh, their advantage because also like sponsorships and, uh, and TV money is a huge thing um, with the orange blossom classic, the black college football hall of fame classic, those both being on labor day Sunday, uh, the viewership numbers weren't great this year, but I mean, still cracking a hundred thousand is great. And even, um, even a classic like the uh, brick city classic in Newark, um, that one got a national TV spot on crowded Saturday. And, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad about this at all, but I'm actually glad, but they, they outdrew, uh, mild water playing right after them, uh, in terms of TV numbers, uh, they, they drew more viewers to that game, uh, moving a game like that or having the Cincinnati chili bowl on a week zero on, you know, the CW, I think that has great potential for, for that, you know, for the network and the classic as well. Um, I also wonder too, I also wonder if, um, with the CW being involved in like the preliminary talks for the chili bowl, when it was brought up to the FBS bowl committee, I also wonder how much of a network back thing it is. Cause I, I, I kind of feel like CW might have, I wouldn't say deep pockets, but probably enough money to like, you know, um, lead, you know, take the lead on fuel costs for getting the teams there and uh, be able to sell some spots or something, you know, c- come up with some creative ad campaign where, I don't know, Supergirl flying over FC Cincinnati <laughs> stadium or something. But uh, that's something that also comes to mind for me. Yeah, I, I, all I know is the one thing that we don't want to happen is whatever happened to Mississippi Valley State and the Chicago Classic because, my God, that whatever happened, it was a mess. And um, to listen to uh, their head coach tell it, yeah, that is most definitely something he's not going to put his program into ever again, and I completely understand it. Um, so, again, it, it falls on the backs of the promoters to do whatever they can in terms of raising the right amount of revenue to help make these games possible. And if you can't do it, um, I'll politely ask you to stand to the side and either just not have this game happen or allow someone else to do so. It's interesting because you mentioned, you mentioned um, the Chicago football classic. And of course, Howard played uh, Northwestern, not exactly in Chicago, but you know, in the Chicago area. So mm-hmm. that, that's also a great point, too, where it's like, especially now with Cincinnati being Power 5 and Big 12, where you can get Power five a Power 5 payday and give your fans the experience of being in the city itself 
without having to play a classic, which something, I mean, that definitely is something, excuse me, to, uh, to keep in mind. I mean, even this year too, in the Cincinnati area, Delaware state played at Miami of Ohio, but it's like, you know, at that point, like which uh, FBS program, program didn't Delaware state play, you know, seems like they always face a gauntlet. <laughs> but, um, well, Morgan but yeah. state was also at Akron this year too. Okay. Right. Yeah. Th- yeah. That one, I'd rather you just reminded me cause I was rooting for them that game and I thought they could pull it off and, Hmm. Yeah, I know that's a sore subject for a lot of HBCU and Delaware <laughs> State and Morgan State fans because of how they lost that game. So yeah, 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 yeah. It just jumped yeah. in my mind when you were talking about Ohio schools or schools close to um, Midwest uh, in Cincinnati that made me think about that. And yeah, that game did not end well. Yeah, yeah. Morgan State fans' loyalty are getting like it's getting tested. Like I was telling someone too, I was like. I was like, man, like if if Morgan State scored in a quarterback sneak and didn't get called for a false start, I think we're having a whole different conversation about Albany and like the whole CAA. But it's like here we are now, like they're next to Delaware, the da- the darling of the CAA this year. But yeah, it's just uh, just a quick shout out to Morgan State fans. Just uh, you know, very well, very, I'll uh, tell them, very loyal. I'll tell them keep your heads up. Um, with the exception of two games, they've been if they didn't win. They were extremely competitive in those other games. And um, not to worry about what happened in the first half of the season, worry about what happens in the second half of the season when they compete against in conference and how well they compete against the likes of North Carolina Central, Howard, and um, and, and even Norfolk State this year. Uh, if they look good against those teams, well, I'm, I can't forget South Carolina State either because South Carolina State has most definitely been competing. They, they're on the run this past um few weeks as well but um yeah those five teams within that conference it, it could be a fight um I'm, I'm just intrigued to see exactly how good it'll be but my god davius richards has been lights out for this entire year um even though i did not pick them to win in the beginning of the season uh if i can change my mind a little bit if I can change my mind a little bit i just might but uh yeah i'm, I'm still intrigued to see because, like the adage says, any given Saturday, we don't know what could happen. And those other teams within that conference have uh, proven that they're capable of beating other or competing extremely well with other quality uh, programs outside of the conference. And, and I got a strange feeling it's going to be the same way in conference, too. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, I think the whole conference is waiting for Davis Richard just to graduate because there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of up and coming teams uh, in the uh, in the MIAC. I mean, even Norfolk State. I don't think anyone had any expectations for them. Like they lost, they lost to a D two team in week one, and they go turn around and beat Hampton in week two. So uh, I'm just excited for for the five game sprint of of conference play. And I mean, even I think I think the networks are kind of excited as well too because I I just saw that Howard Norfolk State got the noontime slot on ESPN on a Saturday, which is something that you you really don't see um mm-hmm. too often. So um I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited to say at least for a conference play. Yeah. Um woo. <sighs> you talk about Norfolk State real quick. Yeah, you talk about them and that helped the Skelter team. I, I don't know what the the, the you can take from them either. Like you said, they lose to Virginia State week one. They beat Hampton week two and then a few weeks later, um they they lose to North Carolina A and T, who has been struggling offensively um, all season long. I don't know what to make of this team. I just don't. But the I guess 
if they're on their good week and you catch them on that good week, it might be a situation. But um, yeah, I, I'm like you. I am highly intrigued to see what happens. I would be surprised if anyone walks out of the MIAC unbeaten this year. No one walked out of the MIAC unbeaten last year. You know, Central and Howard both took losses. Um, but yeah, if, if if I would be surprised if if no one well if anyone leaves out of the conference this year, champion undefeated. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, uh, well, I think I think I'm more inclined to think that North Carolina Central is going to run the table, uh, because I know in my own poll I have been ranked in the top ten, and uh, they've just looked so they found ways to win to say the least. Whether it's against Campbell, whether it's against Elon, they've just found ways to win. Um, so I kind of feel like that'll carry into Miak play, but uh, again, like I wouldn't be surprised. I I don't think anyone expected Howard to be a co-champ last year. Uh, same thing this year. The surprise could be someone just upsetting. North Carolina Central on any given Saturday or or Thursday for that matter. Um, so I, I, yeah, I'm I'm just intrigued too, and I mean the the conference schedule can't come soon enough. Exactly, exactly. But that being said, I think we circled the wagons on all of our topics so far. Dwayne, do you have anything final to add? I know you have stuff to promote, so I'll let you do that too. Um, nothing else to add, but you know, catch me in my usual spots on social media at the Yard HBCU. Um, of course, I'm more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram. I'm looking to uh, be a little bit more active on Instagram um, in, in, in the coming weeks. But of course, as always, you can catch my weekly previews um, for the top five match FCS matchups in HBCU football every week and my predictions of all the games on the FCS level at Herosports.com. Um, so, yeah, make sure you look for those. Those normally come out every Wednesday if not Thursday of the week, right before the beginning, well, right before uh, games start on, on Saturday. Yeah, and I mean, the articles, uh, the previews, the rankings, the I guess the game rankings, I mean, just great reads all around. I mean, even if you're trying to get into or just a casual right now, black college football or FCS football on a whole, definitely a must read. So it's always it's always a pleasure to have you on, Dwayne. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks again. Uh, until next time, everyone, peace, love, and soul.